Oh, well, that happened abruptly. That was my fault. <laughs> I just, I got, I got a little flustered because I was just enjoying the music so much. I was dancing around. Well, he really was. Well, welcome to Real World Podcast. My name's Tyler. I'm your host, and I'm here with Scott and Bobby who tackle real issues in a real world, mending the gap between boomers and millennials. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? I'm doing really well. Good. How are you? You know what? Really well. Oh. You know, I uh, want to give you guys an update on the whole house situation. So, you know, this has been like a multi-stepped process. So the first step was that we, well, the first thing was to decide that, and we talked about this a couple years ago, but it kind of came to fruition this year. And that was, um, my dad is 84 and the whole thing was for him to move in with us but for him to still have his independence and i mean he still drives and still very capable yeah still takes his dog out to walk every day and everything and um so we purchased the home um that has a generational suite Mm. um, for him to have independent living he has you know external access i mean everything's independent um it's part of our house but kind of like it's part of the structure it's part of the structure but it's its own Yeah. yeah unit and uh, so, um, so the first step was actually putting a deposit on the house, and then we got to go through all the fun um, thing of picking all the um, decorative um, selections and the structural things and so forth and what we wanted. And so um, it's being constructed. In fact, Monday, Dave has a walkthrough for all the framing before they start the drywall because they let you do that, which is a really neat feature mm. that he walks through with a super. Mm-hmm. to basically look inside and we've been down there multiple times to kind of see it. we were just down there two weeks ago and so we have a pretty good idea already but he gets to walk through with the super and um gets to ask questions and so forth and he gets to see what's behind all those walls because there's actually one thing that we plan to do as soon as we get in is i'm going to build a little linen closet inside my bathroom inside the master there's about a two foot space that's empty that mm. they closed because we didn't get the larger shower. So basically the space is there, but they close it up with the wall. It's so silly. I mean, the whole thing is so silly, <laughs> right? So I'm like, well, Just hey, knock out the wall. That's what we're going to do is just knock it out. I'm like, hey, I can, use, I can use that for a linen closet in there. I and, can't believe that they built a void right? inside this they house. They built <laughs> a void that's like... Like they wouldn't say, give us more money. We're closing it up. <laughs> right? I mean, we're going to spend more money to drywall it in. <laughs> it's it's literally like four feet. The depth is about four feet. The mm. width is about two feet. And the height is about eight feet. Wow. So I could put a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, besides towels and candles. I mean, there's just so much, you know, all of your products that you use, all your personal products that you yeah, use. Yeah. It's like, anyway, valuable space. So anyway, this is kind of a neat thing that he gets to do. So then my dad had his own home that, you know, my parents lived in for years. So my dad lived in his home for 31 years. We live, we've lived in our home for 31 years because um, we moved within a couple months of each other. And so my dad uh, sold his house within 48 hours of putting it on the market. And this was put on the market after the shelter in place. Yeah. Um, so I think it was put on the market at the beginning of April. The shelter in place actually came about March 19th. We weren't really quite sure what was going to happen. It's like, who's going to buy a house? during this time period right Mm -hmm. well within 48 hours he had like 11 offers and some were thrown out and ultimately one was accepted full price offer um and ultimately it's been pretty smooth and it was supposed to close this coming monday it closed yesterday wow and and it's just been a pretty amazing experience so 
our house is our new home is scheduled to be um it's scheduled to close at the end of july mm. and so we have you know really about two and a half months so left. it'll close and also be finished with construction yes. at the same time um well i'm they said ready at the end of july so i'm thinking probably moving is mid-august gotcha. that's kind of gotcha. what we're thinking okay um you know, we were able to lock in at a low interest rate, that's you know, awesome. around three percent, and um, which is great. And we, the the interestingly enough, yesterday, so when we closed, it was at like three point one three percent. Yesterday went down to three point oh nine. That's the lowest it's been since the three point one three. Yeah, because when we closed that day, whenever that was, I don't even remember the date. Um, it was April 9th. I remember now mm. because we yeah. Anyway, um. They, it was the lowest point that it had been in forever. I mean, oh, basically, yeah. and uh, it had raised within a couple hours, like it just went back up. And so, what's interesting to me right now is just the real estate market oh. and how hot it is. Like, our existing home has gone up like $20,000 since this whole thing started. Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. And I think it's because people are putting more value now on real estate simply because of the stay at home. Well, yeah, I think that people are sitting around right now with nothing to do and they're like, I hate this house. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, think that's part of it. I think too, maybe some people are saving more right now. Uh, just because they're not spending as much on gas and other things. Well, if they're fortunate to be working and have a job, you know, yeah. I mean, I know there's... There is a large you know, unemployment right now. Unfortunately, there yeah. is. And just small business owners that aren't able to earn a living. And so that's very sad. And I'm hoping that it opens up for them soon. Um, but um, on another note, so we're able to keep our existing home as well. And our youngest son, Brian, is going to be renting it out with some friends. So hopefully that's going to work out real well. Yeah. And uh, so I, it's really good. It's going to be good for him to have that experience. Yeah. It's about time for him to be on his own, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully he doesn't thrash the house too badly. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers right? crossed. So that we can really resell it and so it doesn't lose value. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, what about you, Scott? What's new with you? Yeah, well, I kind of mentioned it in the last episode, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, me and, um, my girlfriend were at a wedding kind of, uh, there was, you know, we're in COVID times and so you can't really have a large gathering. And so they, uh, streamed it on zoom and they were at a local park. And, uh, so me and, uh, Carla were on a date. And so we were at a different park and we had gotten some food from a really nice restaurant in Palm Springs, uh, called tequila. tequila so if if you're ever in palm springs and you want some good grub it's a great place um but yeah we had a, a blanket and the shade tree and we had a little picnic and then so like we watched them get married uh we also dressed up a little bit so it felt like we were still at a wedding um and so yeah we were chilling in a park watching them get married in a park through our phone so was uh was the pastor there or was he just an iPad? <laughs> no, <laughs> In the, pastor, them? the pastor was there. <laughs> it was like literally a Zoom yeah. wedding. Yeah. I wonder if that's even legal. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I if mean, if you can marry someone without being like physically, physically present, present. Hmm. well, you yeah, have to I used sign to be over the, the county clerk. I should probably know that answer, but I, you know, what it's new, so it's not something I've had. I ever had to deal with when I was in that area. <laughs> I would guess no. 
I would guess no too. I'm thinking that you need to be physically present you, yeah. in order to perform that ceremony. Because the, the officiant you're attesting to it. is attesting yeah. to yes, it is exactly. essentially exactly. the third witness. That's right. That's right. Is really yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, that's new territory. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, uh, the ABC Alcoholic Beverage Control in California has uh, lifted restrictions on restaurants, uh, obviously, right now, to be able to sell alcohol to go because that's all. Oh, I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I never thought about that. Yeah, because wow. that's, I mean, for restaurants, that's, that's a where big money they maker. make their Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bartending. Profit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's where bartenders make their money, too. I oh, mean, yeah. You know, that's. Yeah, and so, and so, ABC has lifted those restrictions to allow mm. restaurants to be able to sell liquor okay. to go. And I wonder if, yeah, I would imagine that the state would, uh, the counties, I guess, would make the same decision to say, you know, we'll honor it because it's it's a weird time right now. Well, it's it's that that whole area is managed by the Secretary of State. Oh, so oh, okay. It, you know, so it, it kinda, would be the state. It really yeah. is the state that makes those kinds of decisions. The the county clerks. Uh, kind of everybody kind of has their own um, slant on things. Sure. But for the most part, the the county clerks, as the county recorders also used to always um, meeting several times a year. And I would guess they're probably doing a lot of Zoom meetings these days um, to discuss these things and to work those things out. But it would be directed by the Secretary of State. And ultimately, you know, even the governor might get involved in this particular aspect of it. Yeah, to just say, you know, we need to uh, be, right. we need to make accommodations. Right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. right. Uh, that's that's fun though. It, it, so uh, was it a was it a good service a good a good wedding? It was. It was. It was really sweet. It's cool. Um, so Nick, who got married, used to work for me, and uh, we became close over those few months, and um, got to meet Jasmine through it. And so yeah, it was really cool just to to see them uh, get to kind of walk down the aisle. There it wasn't really an aisle. Like there wasn't like traditional like set up chairs. Like the family was kind of like standing around a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was it was really cool, and they did their own vows, and it was cool just to like hear them like speak a little bit about it. So it was. It was oh, a great, I was going to ask about the vows. Do you, does anything come to mind? What they of shared? What, I don't remember them. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, congratulations, yes, Jasmine. Jasmine. And Jasmine. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, we hope you we hope you enjoy your uh, I, I don't know sugar moon. It's not quite a honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are they going anywhere? I or? think they're. Doing like a staycation honeymoon type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Because where where do you go? Because so many places are closed. Yeah, yeah. So, but we we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, you deserve it. You're you're a great couple. Mm-hmm. We love you. Do we do? Well, uh, let's uh, dive into our our core conversation today. Um, we uh, previewed a little bit last uh, last episode, but we're going to be talking about salvation today. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know. That word gets thrown around a lot, saved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, over the, you know, couple of decades now that I've been in church, um, I've heard it a ton, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. uh, get saved, are you saved? Uh, and so I thought we could just talk a little bit about it, what it means, uh, and uh, like what it means uh, for us personally. Um, so what do you guys immediately think of when you hear someone say like, are you saved? Okay. Well, for me, um, when I think saved, um, you know, that I belong to Jesus. I mean, that's kind of like the bottom line for me. Um, have I repented and accepted the Lord as my savior? Am I looking to him to be, 
um, the guide of my life? You know, am I looking um, for his will versus my own? Um, so when you think about like being saved, like you're being delivered from something, but I think you're also being delivered to something. So we're being delivered from sin, but we're being delivered to Jesus. So that's, that's what I think. And I think about, um, you know, it's eternal. So this is, this takes us from the here and now from this physical realm that we live here on earth into the eternal realm in terms of living with Christ forever. And, um, that, that is, it's, it's like mind boggling when I, when I think about that, like I can't, can't even comprehend like infinity, you know, like. It's just uh, a sideways eight. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, it's really hard to compliment, uh, comprehend. Um, but that's kind of what I think about. Scott, what do you, uh, what do you think? Yeah. When I hear when the word that? saved, I immediately, it feels very seventies to me. It feels very. It is like, very Jesus movement. Yeah, it feels very Calvary Chapel to me. I grew up in the seventies, like I was born in the sixties, so you know. Yeah, it feels very good to me. <laughs> like I don't think I hear it a lot currently in the church I go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably more than that, I hear the word like believer, mm. um, which they're all just saying the same thing. Like immediately when someone says, "Are you saved?" Like I do, it has that Christian connotation to me. Like are they a Christian? Are they a believer is what they're asking. Um, so, but yeah, that's what I, I think of a surfer dude when I hear like, are you saved? Like, are you even saved, bro? Like it is very, I mean, it, it is very, uh, Jesus movement, Calvary chapel. For those who don't know, um, in California, there was something called the Jesus movement and it was started by, uh, at the time, a little church in, in, uh, Costa Mesa called Calvary chapel. Chuck um, Smith. Chuck Smith, which is now an enormous almost denomination. I mean, mm-hmm. it really yeah. is. Yeah. I'm sure oh, no matter where sure. you live, you probably oh, yeah. have a Calvary Chapel in your town. Yeah. yeah. They uh, kind of redefined what non denominational was. For sure. Yeah. Like absolutely. non denominational is now a denomination, really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but that, that Jesus movement, it was a lot of hippies in California. Uh, getting saved. It was a lot mm-hmm. of hippies being exposed to the gospel, many of them for the first time. Um, you know, we're not in the Bible belt here. Uh, and so there isn't, there wasn't at the time a whole lot of generational Christianity in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that I, I totally agree with you. Uh, <laughs> well, that, you guys are the same age, so I, that makes does, sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, it feels it, like if <laughs> yeah. someone says, are you saved? It feels very, uh, it does feel very boomer. <laughs> yeah, no, well, and can I just say I was the one that recommended that we do this because of that very reason. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I don't hear it as much anymore either, mm-hmm. but I still hear it. And yeah. I still know that I have a lot of friends that, that aren't say evangelical Christians, but they may be Catholics or Mormons or, um, of different faiths. And they might have heard these terms before yeah. salvation or saved and want to know what that means. Yeah. And so that mm-hmm. was um, the reason. And because it's such a, a vital. Oh, yeah. Know, oh yeah. Super uh, important part, topic. Super important. Aisha, sometimes we use different. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about it because of that. Well, if I'm honest, I mean, I know better intellectually um, and I know better, you know, in my heart spiritually. But if I'm honest, anytime I ever hear that phrase saved salvation, I tend to think, and I would imagine a lot of other people tend to think, uh, saved from hell, mm-hmm. uh, like a yeah. little bit of, you know, yeah. uh, fire insurance, 
it kind of does mean that mm-hmm. though. Well, and that was a big push <laughs> yeah. at that time too. Yeah. Right. Like when yeah. they, when the Jesus movement started, like a lot of it was like, Hey, are you saved? Because if you're not, you're going to hell. Right. Right. So right. Sin, be that Fire as it may. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Be that as it may. Uh, what does the Bible really define salvation as? And I guess maybe more specifically, what does maybe uh, Jesus uh, say about salvation? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does uh, maybe, you know, some of the other New Testament authors, you know, especially Paul uh, say about salvation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a lot in, in what that really means. Uh, and a part of it is, if you're saved, you're not going to hell. Um, but that's a small part of it. Like you don't just get saved to not go to hell. Right. <laughs> um, and you kind of mentioned earlier, you're not just saved from something you're saved to something. Um, and so, uh, uh, there's a big part of salvation that is saved from self. You're not just saved from, Amen. from, from, um, hell, but you're in salvation, uh, given a new nature, a, a new spirit, um, that helps you to make new decisions you're not just living for yourself anymore. You can make uh, good, righteous, godly decisions in your life. And so uh, you're saved from having no choice, really, of only being able to do what your flesh wants, but now you can do what the flesh or the spirit wants. So you're saved from not having choice. Um, and you're saved to like getting to have a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father. Um which if you notice, I just hit three of them. If you want to go back and listen to our Trinity podcast, you can. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Jesus talks um, about all those things. He does talk about hell. He does talk about relationship with him. He does talk about not giving in to, or Paul talks about like not giving to the desires of the flesh, but giving into the desires of the spirit. Uh, There's, there's context of all of those things in that. What would you say, Mom? Well, yeah, and I think uh, another key aspect of this is that our salvation, its it depends on God. I mean, it depends on us accepting that. So um, it's not just a matter of that being um, made available to us, but we have to accept it. So it's just like, for example, you think about Nick and Jasmine, okay? They got married. Um, when he proposed to her... Um, she needed to accept that invitation. So when I think about salvation, um, you know, the Lord may have, a seed was planted somewhere along the line and we've, mm-hmm. we've decided or determined that, okay, we need the Lord. You know, we need, we want to be a part of this, right? But we have to accept that. And, and it's by grace. It's not by anything that we have done. And I think to me, that is one of the hardest aspects of Christianity mm. is because I feel like I'm always trying to do something to not necessarily for the Lord to love me more or whatever, but it's almost like I'm trying to earn my salvation mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And it only happened. It happened when I was 14. Um, I mean, I was always a believer, but it happened specifically when I was 14. And, and I remember that moment uh, distinctly, but, but since then, I mean, I had many years walking with the Lord, not walking with the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. always believing and always having faith, but never really kind of following him. And that lack of maybe faithfulness that we talked about in our last episode, um, not really being truly committed to him the way that I should have been. 
Um, but when I think of, of, of salvation, it's like once we've been saved, again, we need to have all of these aspects to it. Mm -hmm. It's not by works, but once we are saved, we're going to want to be faithful and there's a byproduct there and we want to be faithful and we want to adhere to that covenant that we now Mm -hmm. have with the Lord. Yeah. It's interesting too. Some of the words you used, um, you said, I've always been a believer, but it was when I was 14 that I was saved. Mm -hmm. So you were indicating you believed things before then, but your salvation happened at 14. And I think that's decent insight. I think a lot of times people like, yeah, I believe God exists. You know, like I believe in these like spiritual things in their existence at least, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily making them personal or, um, actually committing to this relationship, this contract, this covenant, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think of like the James passage where it says like, even the demons believe God exists, you know, like just because you believe that God exists doesn't make you anything (laughs) like demon. Satan knows God exists. Um, It's, are you in covenant with him? Have you put your, um, your trust, your faith, your life in, in his hands? Um, And so, yeah, it's really this idea of this covenant that really starts like the salvation of uh, there's two sides to it. Uh, We have uh, Jesus, who you talked about, who was the initiator in these things for us, um, or the Holy Spirit is the one who who first invites us into this relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, we know that he's done some things for us. Uh, He is God. He died on the cross for our sins rose again, uh, conquering sin and death. And he then offers these things to us and says, if you believe in me and um, make me Lord of your life, my blood will cover all of your sin and um, you'll be saved essentially. Um, And so it's that second part that we don't talk a lot about. We, We do talk a lot about like asking Jesus into your heart Mm-hmm. and um, believing that he died on the cross for your sins um, and it's saying that that covers our lives, but we don't talk about what it means to make Jesus Lord of our life. Like, and that's a, that's a big key part. That's our part of the covenant. It is our part of the covenant. And I haven't done that exactly well all my life, you know? And again, it's that, that fight between um, the flesh and the spirit. You know, you've got both things going on all the time. And that's why, as we've talked about in the, in the past few podcasts, how important it is to pray for the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. um, be so ever-present throughout the day so that you're making those, those choices and decisions to be faithful mm-hmm. to God. Well, it's like uh, Paul's prayer. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Right, right. And it's the same thing we're shooting for as believers. Like it's not, I don't want to just live out of me and myself. I want to live through the power of the Holy spirit within me. Right. To live like Jesus lived. Right. And I think about this ring that I have is greater as he that is in me than he was in the world and he that is in the world. And I have that on a ring and I just always love that. And, but we have to constantly be searching for that and, and uh, listening to that and following that so yeah, I mean we, it a, a covenant is between two people, right? At least, or, at least, yeah. Right. So we've got to keep up our end of the bargain. 
Mm-hmm. And you're right. We don't. We do think about when we talk about being saved or salvation, we think about the first aspect of it where we repent, we accept. Um, but we got to follow through. It's just kind of like what we talked about in our last podcast with faithfulness is like you you have a covenant and it's not just a matter of, um, say, getting married, but you've got to be faithful. You've got to follow that. Covenant. Yeah, the ceremony is the easy part. The ceremony is <laughs> the easy part. Right. So the same thing. I mean, it's a very important part. I don't want to discount the importance of it, but that's like just the very beginning Mm -hmm. of it all. Well, I think Jesus gives some, some clarity to it. Um, you know, at lots of different points, but in, uh, Luke seven in particular was one of the things that popped into my head. Um, in Luke chapter seven, uh, we have the woman that, that Jesus is at a Pharisee's house having dinner Mm -hmm. and a sinful woman comes in and washes, uh, washes Jesus's feet with her tears and anoints, uh, his feet with uh, perfume. And, uh, Jesus, uh, there's, you know, kind of a debate that breaks out. Um, and, uh, Jesus says that her sins, which are many are forgiven, uh, for she loved so much. And then he tells her, your faith has saved you Mm -hmm. go in peace and uh, that that salvation, what it what it is, is it's it's forgiveness of our sin. Mm-hmm. So why do we need forgiveness of our sin? If that's what saved means, why do we need forgiveness from our sin? Yeah. So it all starts in the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's it. <laughs> um, so what we know about God is that He's perfect and that He's relational and a lot of other things too. But those are those are key components when we're talking about this topic in particular, um, because his perfection begs only being in relationship with perfect beings. It's kind of like water and oil. Mm-hmm. Water and oil can't occupy typically can't the occupy space. the same space. Yeah, uh, they don't mix. They don't mix, and so our sin put a. a, a an inability for us to be in relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's being, um, not that he's being pretentious and saying, uh, you, you're gross. Get away mm-hmm. from me. It's just not possible because mm-hmm. of his nature. He can't be in relationship with, mm-hmm. with sin. Yeah. And so, but at the same time, that's what we're created for. So God creates the world. He creates the animals. He creates Adam and Eve and he, all of his commands beg relationship and um, not only with each other, but with him. And he's a very relational God. Uh, he, he's existed in all eternity past. Once again, the Trinity with uh, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, God is love. Love only exists in relationship. And so for God to have always been love, he has to have always been in relationship, even though it's been with himself. Um, and so God creating us for relationship we then in Genesis three have the fall, we sin. So now there's a chasm in our relationship. And so that begs, there needs to be a mending of that relationship, which is where Jesus comes in. There's a promise of the, of the Messiah who's going to come in and take away the sins of the world. And so we have Jesus coming in, stepping in, taking all of the sin that has ever been committed on himself and taking the punishment for that sin, which is separation from God. Right, we have, we have Jesus on the cross saying, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" It's his first time in all eternity where he didn't know, like where he had no connection with the Father, mm-hmm. 
he was flying blind and he was like, what is this? This is the worst thing I've ever experienced. And, uh, so Jesus takes our sin and then we get Jesus's righteousness. And that's the exchange that kind of happens in salvation. And so a lot of people don't realize this, but as a believer, as a Christian, as someone who's committed to this covenant, the father sees us as he saw Jesus, that he sees us as perfect and holy and someone that he can have relationship with. And we often think of God as being like disappointed in us, mad at us, annoyed with us. Um, and that's just not the case. Like he sees you like he saw his son, Jesus, which is just a crazy uh, thing to experience and, and, and feel. It, it really is. And I, uh, it's hard to comprehend that. And I think going back to what I was saying before, whereas we keep trying to earn our salvation over and over again, it's because of that. Like we don't, we, we lose sight of that, that that's how he sees us. So we keep trying to up, you know, up our game and, mm-hmm. and, and try to do better. And, um, but again, that, that wonderful word of grace, that wonderful act of grace. Well, and Paul talks about that in Ephesians. They says that it's, it's by grace you've been saved through mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. It's not of your own doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and he talks about uh, in Paul, we think Paul talks about in Romans 5, that uh, he says that it's by uh, grace that you've been saved. You know, he kind of says the same mm-hmm. thing to the Romans. And then he says, if you weren't saved by your works, why do you think your faith would continue by your works? <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and we see it yeah. consistently. This is how it has taken place, even into the Old Testament. We we read about Abraham back in Genesis. We also read the New Testament authors writing about Abraham, and it was by his faith that he that God gave him that righteousness. Yeah. And so it does come back to that faith. And so the real question is faith in, in what? You... That was kind of like a question, by the way. I what? know, I know, but faith in, I don't even know how to articulate it, but just simply just faith in God and faith mm-hmm. in what mm-hmm. he stands for, faith mm-hmm. in why he created us and the world the way that he did, and mm-hmm. that is to choose him. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, a lot of people like don't understand this whole concept of why we have to follow through with it. But I think it's like the example that I provided before with, with um, Nick and Jasmine, it's it, you know, with an engagement, it's not just, um, you know, it, I can't even think of the words right. Um, but him um, offering that to her, mm-hmm. but she has to accept it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, but once that covenant is made, then you need to follow <laughs> that covenant. Yeah. Right. And so, when you're asking me that question, and that's really what it comes down to is following that covenant. And that covenant between Jesus and us is to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as yourself. And one of the things that you sent said earlier, Scott, out outside of the podcast, before the podcast, before yeah. the podcast, maybe you could share that because I thought that was really good. And it was like something that I kind of was lost on me before this. And it's, um, but you want to, yeah, I'll, sh- I'll share it in a sec. I just want to okay. revisit okay. my question to you. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, f- the faith that we're talking about there is believing God and taking him at his word. Like right, right. it's, 
God said, I'm God. This is how you need to live life. Here's how you're going to experience your best life. Right. Um, here's what I require of you. And Abraham says, okay. Like, mm-hmm. and he, he turns, he had idols. Like we, when we first pick up on Abraham, he had mm-hmm. other gods. Mm-hmm. He had other things going on in mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. And God steps into his life and says, Hey, this is the truth. And Abraham says, okay, I'll listen to you now. And I think that's one of the challenges when, when I've, um, one of the biggest challenges I have is trying to share my faith with others that are like intelligent people, people that are um, very book. Well, well read. Well, well read. read yeah. Because it's not logical. It's not logical that it's that simple for us to. Well, it takes an, and here's the thing with people that are well read is they very much rely on themselves That's, and it takes a my, reliance yes. on something else. That's what I was going to say. They have to fully surrender to the Lord and they're not willing to do that mm-hmm. because they trust themselves more well, because and that's, that's how they've lived their lives. And ultimately that's what faith is. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you, exactly. you get back to this place where it's like, I can't do this myself. Absolutely. Um, I, I can't just rely on myself. There's something bigger out there to quote Tarzan. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and Jesus, <laughs> Jesus says <laughs> that, uh, sorry. that we, we have to have a, a childlike faith Yes. Mm-hmm. in order yes. to, in order to, to truly, uh, you know, follow God, mm-hmm. uh, in order to take him at his word. And I think, I think what Jesus is saying there is, is it's not blind faith. Um, but children are, uh, the faith that children have it's purposeful is very purposeful and it's yes. very uh it's very much a uh, a sense where it's not blind <laughs> but it's a child admitting i don't understand mm-hmm. it's trust but i'm yes. trusting you yeah. that's exactly right when uh, you think about like and it's not just faith in believing what they said but believing in their the character of their parents right like you think like kids like children jumping off of walls knowing that their dad's going to catch them. Yep. Yep. Like that's what we're talking about faith. It's not just faith by word, but faith by action. I totally, gosh, I love this because it's like, I, I experience this every week watching my grandson who's three and a half and my uh, granddaughter who's one and a half and they have such trust in you. Mm-hmm. And, um, gosh, that is so good. That's good stuff. I mean, it's, that's truly what it mm-hmm. is. So if we, uh, if we, are sinful because of our own actions, but also sinful by birth because all of humanity is, is marred, marred by that original sin. Uh, and we're born sinners and we are therefore separated from God and in need of forgiveness from our sin in order to have a relationship with God. Uh, Jesus says that salvation is through him. He says, I'm the way, the truth and life. Uh, Mm -hmm. how do we, how do we get saved? Like, how do we have our sins forgiven? Yeah, you just say, Jesus is coming to my heart, and that's it. That's all. Just kidding. Is is it like <laughs> a vada kedavra? It's, uh-huh. a, it's a magic it's spell? It's just a magic spell. Yeah, and then you can just do whatever you want for the rest of your life. It's oh, great. You're oh, saved. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Not. Um, yeah, how how is one saved? Um, there's. It's not just saying something, but it's a change in the heart that has to take place. Um, a surrender. Uh, of the heart and it's um it's a it's a it's very simple at the same time it's very complicated um and so we read i believe it's in romans um believe in your heart that um 
Jesus died on the cross for your sins and confess it with your mouth and you will be saved. And so it's like, okay, well that's pretty simple. Like, so you have to believe it and you have to confess it. And this kind of ties back in to um, what you were kind of talking about with the two commandments of it's not, it's um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then uh, love your neighbor as yourself, which is really a call to relationship with God and then help not just build a relationship with other people, but help other people build a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so salvation is really that, that first commandment. It's loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's putting your faith in him, your trust in him. And so when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I'm, he says, I'm God, uh, I'm perfect. He doesn't really like say I'm perfect, but um, and that kind of sounds like standoffish from our con- context. <laughs> it wouldn't be for him, but right. um, he lived a perfect life and he took our our punishment. He died on the cross for, for our sins. He was crucified, beaten, scarred, whipped, all these things. Um, and then after being in the tomb for a few days, raises from the dead declaring that he's conquered sin he's conquered death like those things can't hold him down and then offers that then to us like hey i've conquered sin and death if you believe in me and make me lord of your life you too will conquer sin and you too will conquer death uh not necessarily right now and in this life because as you know we all still continue to sin and we all still eventually die Mm -hmm. but it's those things just like with jesus didn't stop him he lived beyond that. And so it's, we too will come to this end of this life, but that won't stop us. We'll, we'll go beyond that. And so, uh, salvation is really trusting those things to be true, believing those things in your heart, that Jesus was God, that he was perfect, that he died, that he rose again. And then confessing it being obeying him, uh, following him, making him Lord of your life, um, building a relationship with him. And I think just adding to that and just recognizing that we are not God, you know, that, that, I mean, kind of up front, you know, that we need him. Like, we can't do this. We can't do this alone. Um, it's, you know, one of the things that I think about with um, churchgoers or, say, non-believers is that they think, when they think about churchgoers, they think about, well, I couldn't do that because I'm not perfect. I'm not like a goody two shoes, right? I'm, I'm not like those people that go to church. And it's like, but the people that go to church know that they need the Lord. That's why they're at some of them. Well, some of them. I there understand. are a lot of self righteous people. Of course there are. <laughs> yeah. Of course there and are. I think but those are the people they're talking about. I know, but what I'm saying is, my point is, is that you know, when we recognize that we really truly need the Lord, that's all part of this equation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the upfront version and that's what takes us to our knees to realize that we need you Mm -hmm. lord and we can't do this without you we recognize that our flesh is so strong but we need something that enables us to overcome our flesh and that's the lord so is there uh is there anything that we can or need to do uh in order to uh you know be right with God. Like I'm talking about, you know, uh, you know, regular, regular church attendance, uh, mm-hmm. you know, confession, baptism, uh, you know, uh, being 
born into the right family. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, That's it. That's it, the one. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I'm laughing. Like what, what means are there for us to be made right with God outside of Jesus? Yeah. Um, so we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, when we were talking about faith and works, there's, there's no works that produce or earn any type of salvation. Um, but all these works are byproducts of a true faith in, in God. And so I, if someone was asking me that question, I would urge them like, don't focus on any of those things. Focus on building your relationship with Jesus, uh, with the Holy spirit, with the father. And if you're really devoting yourself to that, these other things are going to happen. You're going to go to church. Cause it's like, man, it's a great place to start learning about who God is. You're going to be reading your Bible. Cause like, man, I want to learn about who God is. You're going to be praying. You're going to be talking with him. And so, uh, really our, our job in this, is to have a genuine faith in who he is, believe that what he has told us is true, and then pursue that relationship. And as we pursue that relationship and as we believe these things that he's told us, these other things start to happen in our lives. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to want to go to church. We're going to want to be in community with other believers because we're excited about you know, this relationship that we have with the Lord and, you know, you want to shout it from the mountaintops and you want to share it with others. So while no, you don't technically have to be in a church building, uh, in order to be a Christian, but you're going to want to. So I mean, I think that's the whole issue with faith and works. Well, and part of it too, is like, as you build your relationship with God and you see more and more of who he is and more and more of even what he's asked us to do, it's like, okay, there's some obedience in here too. Mm -hmm. And like, God doesn't call us to not be like God calls us to be together. God mm-hmm. calls us to, to gather together and worship together and, and do these things. And so it really is an unfolding is like any new relationship you have with someone. It's you've only really known them from afar, but now you're getting to see them a little bit closer, getting to learn more of who they are. And um, it creates an intimacy where you start to live differently with those people. And Absolutely. so, uh, it's a, it's the same thing in relationship with Jesus. So it, it it can start in a lot of different ways, but ultimately all of this is going to a, a place of Jesus's goal is to make us more and more like him. And so, and then that's really the, the, one of the main goals of this relationship together is that God is transforming our lives to start to reflect more and more like Jesus. And so um, that will happen if you pursue relationship with Jesus. Totally. And I think about just how when we pursue him and when we pursue serving him and when we pursue serving others, that's when we're truly blessed. When we try to do things on our own. And I kind of shared this earlier. It's, I don't know. Ultimately you're never satisfied with that because you're, you're, I think we just, we yearn, to be with him like and um you know when we do things out of the flesh ultimately we're disappointed in that and then we turn around and then we seek him we seek to help others and that's when we are truly blessed you know there are uh i would imagine there are uh, a good amount of people who might be listening to this and you know maybe uh you know either they they don't know a whole lot about faith or they've been going to church for their whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
you you keep saying this thing this this idea of relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. How do we have a relationship with Jesus if he's not if he's not physically here? present? Yeah. yeah, like all of my relationships are people that uh, I'm physically present with on a regular basis, and in fact, the people that I'm not in physical proximity to those relationships tend to wither and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, it's, it's very, there's a lot of similarities between these other relationships and our relationship with Jesus and that, uh, we can talk with him, uh, through prayer. Um, we can hear from him through scripture, through the word, through the Bible, um, we can interact with him because as believers, we have Christ living within us and, and God is molding us to be like Christ. And so we can see pieces of Jesus in other believers and we can interact with Jesus by interacting with other believers. Now they're not a perfect version of Jesus, but he is there in those things. And so there's, there's lots of ways for us to continue to build our relationship with Jesus. Uh, and it's, it's, those are some of the main ways we're, t- we're talking about things with prayer. We're talking about um, learning scripture, reading scripture and not just reading it for a biblical like knowledge standpoint, but reading it in a relational way. Like, okay, what, how, what am I learning about God in this thing? What am I learning about Jesus in this thing? How, what am I learning about how he relates to us, to humanity, to his people? Uh, what am I learning about myself in those things? Um, and then through other people, through other believers, uh, which is why church is so important for us, gathering together. Uh, it's the body of Christ is one of the things that scripture calls church, the gathering. And so you want to meet Jesus, meet the church because it is Jesus. And so uh, there are ways for us to even physically interact with Jesus. While it's not like fully him, 100% him, it's him through other people interacting with us. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just going to say the same thing. I always find it interesting when you kind of like meet somebody for the first time that you've never interacted with before and you just kind of hit it off and you determine that your connection is the Lord, that it's Jesus that, that, that drew you to each other. And I've always found that fascinating. It's happened to me time and time again. And I just love when that happens. Yeah, uh, is it Paul? I think I think it's Paul who says that uh, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and we all have that. Uh, and as we continue to grow in uh, grow in our relationship with Jesus, like you said, Scott, uh, it's it's ultimately God's will that we're more and more like Jesus, mm-hmm. and more and more of us, like when we. Uh, when people experience us, that it's more and more of Jesus and less and less of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, w- I just wanted to add to that. You just kind of um, brought something else to mind that I think could be somewhat confusing to people that aren't you know, believers in the Lord, um, and that is how is it that he can be in all of us at the same time? You know, like I think that could be um, – kind of confusing and maybe Scott you could elaborate on that but I just wanted to say that the way I look at that is I remember when I was pregnant with Scott I have an older son and you know I just loved him so much and I all of a sudden right before I was going to have Scott I was like really worried it's like how could I possibly love this child the same way that I love this child 
And then, and then I, then I realized, was born and I was like, man, I love him more. <laughs> no, that isn't it. <laughs> um, but what I realized was um, God's love multiplies. It doesn't divide. And so I may be along that same vein. I, I don't know, but I, I'm like, I don't know how to explain that. I don't know if you can explain that from a biblical standpoint, but. Yeah, well, that definitely has application relationally for how does God have a relationship with all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that he has like a, a, a vat of love and right. the more people exist, the more it's lessened for everyone else. Right. Um, that's definitely true. Um but also, we we kind of talked. I wasn't sure. Is that what you were more talking about, or well, were you talking yeah, about like how, the actual like indwelling he, of the spirit? Yeah, indwelling of the spirit. He lives in us. It's like how how can that like physically take place? Like how can that exist? Yeah, basically. Well, uh, it's as you read scripture. Uh, one of the qualities of God um, is uh, omnipresence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God is everywhere at all times. And so it's, he's, you're never really not with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not necessarily what we're really talking about when we're talking about the indwelling of the spirit. Um, and so the end of Jesus's career, I'll say here on earth, career. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> I never heard this that is either. after Jesus, um, dies and, and comes back. He says, oh, I'm going to have to leave soon and I'm going to send a helper, which is going to be even better for you. Uh, it's good that I leave because I'm sending something else after me. And um, so Jesus leaves and then there's this like waiting period. And then they have this thing called Pentecost where the Holy spirit comes and starts indwelling the disciples. And um, it's this Holy spirit that we receive when we become Christians, when we become believers, when we enter into this covenant, the Holy spirit then indwells in us as well. Mm-hmm. And it's a special, um, relationship that only believers get non-believers don't have the Holy spirit living within them. Um, and so it's, it's part of just God's quality. Like he can be in multiple places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a special relational thing, uh, that God has chosen to be in the life of, of those who are his people. And it's a common theme throughout scripture that God wants to dwell amongst his people God creates Adam and Eve. He walks with them in the garden. The very end of all uh, all the books and the end of Revelation, it's God changing heaven and earth to mash into one so that he's with his people. We have Emmanuel, the name that the Messiah is called, means God with us. Jesus comes and he dwells amongst us. In a short, condensed amount of time, he can only affect so many people. But then after Jesus does his salvation his work on earth he leaves and he sends someone who can be present with everyone and so that's one of the biggest themes in scripture is god wanting to dwell and be amongst uh those who who follow him so thank you for that clarification yeah so uh we know now why we need salvation we know how we can be saved uh, and sort of what that salvation means for us. Um, what should we do with that? Yeah, and so this really kind of ties back with, once again, the, uh, and now I'll kind of like fully share um, what we had talked about with the, the, the greatest commandment. You know, Jesus had these Pharisees approach him and say, God, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, well, what do you think? And 
the guy says, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he says, yeah, that's correct. And the second is just like it, and to love your neighbors as yourself. He says, with all these things, you encompass the entire law. And so uh, first and foremost, what's most important to us is our relationship with, with the Father, um, that we love the Lord with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then secondly, that we would love other people. And um, not just, uh, we kind of chatted a little bit about this uh, before we started recording, but um, not just in like general kindness with other people, um, but that inviting other people into that same type of relationship with the Father. Uh, Jesus, before he leaves, he gives the great commission. He says, go therefore and baptize people in every nation in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all my commands. And so that's part of how we love others as ourself. If, if you've made that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life because you see the benefit there, it's out of a love for yourself that you've done that. You now are called to love other people in that same way and invite them into that same relationship. It's a, it's it's one of our, our biggest callings in loving other people is sharing the gospel with them. And I just really appreciate hearing that because I think that I always, when I think about love others as yourself, it was really more along the the fruits of the spirit in in being kind and gentle and faithful, but not really so much along the And that is a part of it. It is, but I mean, but I never heard it in the context of the relationship that that you want everyone else to have that relationship with the Lord the way that that you do or similar to you do or however. Um, I guess I just never heard it in that context, and that just makes it um, just kind of come full circle in terms of salvation. So that's Mm -hmm. really awesome, Scott. Well, uh, if you have any questions uh, about salvation, uh, certainly we'd love to hear them. And mm-hmm. uh, you can reach out to us uh, via email at hello at realworldpodcast.com uh, or on Twitter at the Real World Pod. Um, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to, to, you know, maybe even dive a little deeper personally with you about mm-hmm. what... Our stories, how we've mm-hmm. yeah. experienced it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but... Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Okay. Yeah. Scott, Bobby, thank you guys so much for, for doing this, for talking about thank this. Thank you. I just, I Thanks love for this hosting. time. Thank yeah. you for hosting. Appreciate it very much. Well, I love you guys. I love you too. You're a pretty decent host. You are a pretty decent host. Well, I try. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we will uh, see you guys uh, in a couple of weeks. Yep. Bye all guys. Right, bye. Bye-bye.